What up, Oasis people? Hey, Oasis podcast. Yeah, let's go. Back in the studio. Yeah. That we the used to studio. say studio, but really, this, <laughs> that was a room. That, that was, was a closet. Yeah. That that was an office. Just made Can, us feel better about it. But now, studio. yeah, we are in a studio, the legit a studio, studio. That, the, that the church built for us. <laughs> That's not true. We can't that's lie not, on the podcast. Well, true. the church has tweaked it that's not true. That's for our true. purposes. They have allowed they have. us to take over for this time. Yeah. Frame. And if you're watching online, you might see we have a new feature. Ben, will you show the people? Hold on. Oh, he's leaving. He's leaving. If, you, if you're listening, we got a neon sign. It's a neon sign. That approximately, just, you can get them anywhere online. Uh, this they can't hear you. You're not talking into a mic. Oh, they can hear me. <laughs> I want to ban a white elephant. Sit, sit down. <laughs> So yes, we're decorating a little bit, trying to make yeah. it kind of nice for the people who are watching. So thanks for tuning so in. So if you're listening, you have no idea. <laughs> no. You, well, I explained it. It's a yeah, neon sign. it's a neon sign. You'll probably see it in a picture eventually if yeah. you just like... Well, I like... You I'm, also got a tattoo on your face, but you, they can't see that. <laughs> and how are you going to explain that? Like, I want to see it. Yeah. I got the big, just a big Jesus fish on my forehead, you know, living for living for the Lord. I feel like that I have to repent. So bad. I've lied twice already in the first five minutes I know, minutes Ben's of off to a rough start. <laughs> But even though we have the podcast on YouTube, mm-hmm. I still like listening better. So I get the people mm-hmm. out there who, even though we're going to reference the camera people, thank you for tuning in. I still like listening better. It's just for me, it's it's more practical. It's because you, you listen at 17 and a half times the speed. <laughs> and then if you did that while watching, it would be so oh, weird. Be yeah, it would be weird. weird. Yeah. But I like, I like to listen quickly. <laughs> Anyways, besides the point, let's dive in. Devotionals. What yeah. a random topic. But to start, let's go for an even more random topic. What do you find is a funny word in the Bible for you? Got it. Stupid. <laughs> I think not, it's funny. That's not in there. No, it's not 100% in there. in there. Proverbs 12.1. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. <laughs> let's go. It's in it. <laughs> and tell them I what you it. told us. <laughs> okay, so I literally... I want to like point it to the to the cameras. Uh, I did this as a de- devotional, as a devo, go. when I was working at Minnesota Adult Teen Challenge, and I got to basically oversee uh, a lot of the teen boy program. So every morning we do a devotional before we go to class. I have them go to class. So I was just, I had a bad morning. I think it was a bad <laughs> week, and it was a Thursday morning, and I was like, I need to, t- 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 like, I'm going to go, what I like to call teen challenge on these guys. <laughs> so I'm going to bring a bunch of challenge. They need to get corrected a little bit, and we need to have a, a heart-to-heart. Oh, for sure. Uh, and so I opened up the Bible. <laughs> I read this to them. I was like, you guys are being not great at taking correction and instruction. You guys are being disrespectful. <laughs> like, we need to try to, like, like how do we continue just to respect one another? Because I want to respect you. All these things. And then so I read this verse. It's like, and and here's what happens when you hate correction. (laughs) The Bible says you're You were sticking it to him. You were sticking it to him. I was so angry. And this is a problem on my heart. Like I had an issue. But I was like, you guys are being stupid. Literally said that because you hate correction. The Bible says it right there. And it didn't do what I wanted it to do. It didn't do it not even close. I was going to say, you want to come preach that to the middle schoolers I would love to. I would do it in a better heart because I think I'm in a better space with my relationship with Jesus and people. That's good. And so they, but so That's what happened hilarious. is they just went around the entire day telling all the other staff at Teen Challenge. <laughs> so the Teen Boy Program is like 15 people. The entire Minnesota Adult Teen Challenge is 250 people. Mm-hmm. So every Thanks. adult uh, client, every cl- like teacher, counselor, whoever, they just go, "Do you know that the stupid's in the Bible?" That's it. That's what they took. From <laughs> That's it. what they took away. That was my. The word of was, God speaks to that everyone was my, differently. That was my Amen. contribution to these boys who were trying to get healthy yeah. and get off drugs and there alcohol. Like, that was my contribution. There you go. One step at a time, right? <laughs> wow. 
That's fantastic. For me, the funny yeah, word that I've always laughed at when I find it in the Bible is I love when the Bible says awesome. <laughs> and again, these are translation things, yeah, so correct. it yeah. could each version can differ. But all throughout the Old Testament, there it just will use the word awesome just randomly off cuff, <laughs> I feel like, to describe God or the temple or, or his holiness and awesome God. Like that. Just, oh God yeah. is an awesome God. I feel like there's so many better words than <laughs> well, awesome. It probably was way more significant then than it yeah. is now. Yeah, no, it is lost all its <laughs> Psalm all sixty-eight of thirty-five. <laughs> oh God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. Exactly. <laughs> give, give me something else, NIV. You know, like hit me with a better descriptive word than awesome. <laughs> Jenna, what about That's you? That's great. Um, so one of mine. Is just a fantastic insult in the Old Testament. Oh, okay. Let's go. So we're going back to Second Kings chapter it. two. At the end, the title of this little paragraph is Elisha is jeered. Yep. Here's what it says. <laughs> From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy. They said, <laughs> Get out of here, Baldy. <laughs> he turned around, looked at them, and called them a curse. <laughs> Or called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. <laughs> then two bears came yeah. out of the woods and mauled 42 of the Super boys. aggressive. <laughs> oh. To Mount Carmel from there. And turned into <laughs> now I feel like we got to take the rest of the podcast and, um, explain that. and unpack what just happened in Second Kings. Oh. It's just oh my. so funny. I also love how sometimes the Bible, like the writers are just so straightforward. Like they just state the facts. This is what two happened. bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. <laughs> and why for how many boys were insulting Elisha I, I need to get yeah. into this we're changing the podcast no no dang no, it no. Sorry, I, I want to get into this it, but, how but many they just bo- like baldy no you you walk out of church and there's a gaggle of just elementary school kids and somehow every, I think of every Dakota my, my son goes to Dakota Prairie he's a first grader all the little boys from Dakota Prairie 300 of them just sitting there saying hey fatty like that's what it was. Hey, baldy. That's what it would be to me. Yeah. And then I'm just gonna call a curse. And because you know, because it would have said all the boys if it was all the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Some so guys, not all of them. Because yeah. not all of them. Some of them survived to tell the story. Wow. Here's what not to do. Incredible. I we, not I'm gonna to have to go take a nap. That's good. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I tell you what. Funny. We will unpack that another time. <laughs> <laughs> Break that down. <laughs> Someone did ask me once. They said we should talk about all the weird things the Bible talks about. Mm. And I was like, that would be kind of an that interesting podcast. Like, what is that story in Second Kings, and why is that important? Why did it make scripture of all? <laughs> <laughs> now let's, let's dive into the actual topic. When it comes to devotionals, there is this—I don't know—it's the Christian language idea that people will use words that oftentimes we assume other people know. Like mm-hmm. if I say, hey, are you reading a devotional? Or like, hey, are we doing devotionals today? People would be, they can get confused because they're not necessarily in with the, the lingo. And so sometimes I just feel like it's helpful for us to take a back seat and be able to step in and to, to bring some definitions and clarity onto what this word is. So what is a devotional? Here we go. Yep. Yeah. So a devotional is... Um, a type of Bible study material. And so it plays off of the word devotion, which means a deep love or a loyalty. And so when we um, use devotional material, Bible study material, we use it as part of that um, process of being devoted to God, of um, spending time with him, being in his word, um, using the knowledge of other people who have taken the time to study and create these devotionals to help us in that time to give us direction. Yeah. 
a lot of times they look like pot like books yeah you know like not super not crazy long uh, pages or like chapters but they're just like daily or consistent resources for us to come to to be able to increase in that love and devotion and some are good yeah and some are not always good (laughs) and we're gonna get to that in a second (laughs) but what role could a good devotional play in the life of a believer yeah, I think there's a lot of different kinds of roles. I think we need to be careful in replacing a devotional book completely with scripture. Um, so, like, you don't want to just, like, I'm just going to read a devotional yeah, written yeah, by okay. someone else gotcha. and not ever touch the Bible. Because mm-hmm. then there are some devotional books that don't have any scripture in it, which is really, really dangerous. But, like, the helpful part of it of it, and what I why I love using them is the reality of I get to hear and read and listen or even learn from church historians, mm-hmm. church fathers, from, from literally thousands of years of people who have been following Jesus, who know more things than I do, who have different experience than I do, some from who wrote, who are living now, and some from literally a thousand years ago, who wrote a Devo, and I get to get insight into scripture, insight into relationship with Jesus. And it's just a connection back to the history of the church, a connection back to all of the followers of Jesus who have come before us. I think it's just, it's an opportunity for a beautiful thing to be encouraged by a voice or voices that are different from mine, different perspective, um, who still love Jesus. Yeah. They may also be tools to help us to get clarity, understanding of what we're actually reading in scripture. Because yeah. we've all had those times where we've opened it up and we're like, what? the heck does that mean? You find I mean, yourself in Second Kings. Kings. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a devotional on it somewhere, yeah. you know? I hope so. Um, and so they can be a tool or resource to help you to understand oh, something sure, that maybe yeah. was difficult or that wasn't clear or that you need to know some background, yep. you know? And ultimately just to encourage your relationship with Jesus yeah. and, and, and a way and, and, and opportunity to help you grow in faith. Yeah. And I, and mm-hmm. I do find that I feel like for a lot of people, the Bible is confusing. Like, let's yeah. be real here. I hear that it's a 2000 year old book written in different languages, translated mm-hmm. to our language across time that's been spread across continents and cultures, and yet still has the power to speak into our lives. Yeah. That's this, it's the beautiful word of God, but it can be a little confusing for mm-hmm. a lot of people, or a lot of confusing. And so devotionals can help fill that gap, but let's return to that idea of it's like, how do we not let a devotional take the place of the Bible? You know what I mean? When it comes to like something, we still want people getting into Scripture, it's still important to read through scripture, like to have a, a holistic picture of what God's story is, or to even read through the gospels and see the life of Jesus. And if we're doing that always in devotionals, then are we not getting those pictures? Like what what's what are we losing by only focusing on a devotional? Uh, I think you're losing... Uh, you have the opportunity to lose the relational aspect of between you, the Holy Spirit inside mm-hmm. of you working and operating, empowering you to connect with the Father and then to go and be obedient and grow in faith. And what I've noticed, even in my own heart, what I have to check is I tend to lean towards a particular voice. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm only reading a devotional from one author, then I'm only really allowing that person's perspective to... Uh, direct to, I don't know what the right word is, just like, yeah, to direct my relationship with Jesus. So my relationship with Jesus also is coming from the voice of an author and not really, okay, God, how are you speaking to me? Mm. Or yeah. it has attempt or ability to do that. Mm. Yeah, for potentially. Sure. You also can fall into um, the trap of only doing devotionals that are topical yeah. to things that you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but when every single devotional you're doing only focuses on one topic of dating, anxiety, money, whatever it may be, and that's all you focus on. You're, you neglect significant amounts Oof. of the Bible and the scripture and what God really wants to teach and speak Super into. Good. And that's so good because 
while we do want depth in, yeah. in things that we're passionate about, we mm-hmm. need to have that breadth too. Like we need yeah. to be well-rounded in what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah. And without the whole canon of scripture, without having our, our minds just saturated in, in God's word through, from cover to cover, uh, we, we can't have that. Yeah. What yeah. would be something you'd point someone to? So say they're, they're struggling to read the Bible or to connect with it. And they've been going to devotionals, and they've been supplementing with that, and that's become their their only source of scripture. How do you help them get back to the scripture? Like, what resource do yeah. you point them to that's not just another devotional, but helps them read the scripture and understand the scripture? I, I want to start with just what is your expectation of what reading scripture should or has to look like? What yeah, expectations you put yeah. on yourself? Because for me, it's been I have to read a certain amount in order for it to be a good devo time, mm-hmm. for it for it to be a good re- reading time, and so challenging their perception of what like that should look like. And then I, I don't go to resources much of just the class slow down, Hmm. like be okay. Slowing down, be okay with sitting and reading a little bit and allowing Mm -hmm. that to be an encouragement to you. Um, otherwise I know we talk about this all the time. You got the U version Bible app that has your reading plans in there that are just straight scripture versus just a Devo. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. like any study Bible. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you go pick up an NIV study Bible, there's usually going to be footnotes that are going to help explain passages of scripture. Yeah. That's not necessarily commentary or someone's opinion. It's more of scholarly work yeah. that's going to just help us understand and grasp what the, what the text is trying to tell us. Yeah. All those things can be great. For sure. Let's change it a little bit. Devotionals, because it's a funny Christian word, can have some different ideas. So one is this Bible study material mm-hmm. that it's a book or it's a pamphlet or it's something like that. A second piece could be this idea of a devotional talk or a devotional thought, like Ben was talking about when when he used the word stupid. <laughs> what is that all about? Yeah. So based off how long maybe you've been in the church or not been in the mm-hmm. church, um, you'll find yourself in situations or scenarios where maybe someone will ask you, hey, could you bring a Devo to blank, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's just this idea of you coming and just sharing based off of what scripture has said, what God told you, or what like what you experienced in that moment, mm. what that scripture meant to you in the moment. Uh, and so it's taking some of the same ideas of, of just what is the material or reading scripture and emphasis, emphasizing scripture, um, but it's you having a thought or writing that you're preparing to give, yeah. right? Is that what we're getting at? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. <laughs> Otherwise, like yeah. off of that, what becomes a good way for us to evaluate both Maybe the thing we're preparing, if we're asked to give that devotional thought, mm-hmm. or like how do we evaluate the resources we're, we're reading? Because it's super mm-hmm. important. Yeah. We can't just go Google just number one devotional in America, <laughs> pick that off of Amazon, and just trust that. Like if you've never mm-hmm. heard that author, if you don't have anyone in your community that you know loves Jesus supporting that, it's good to fact check and to be able to process it. What makes a yeah. good devotional thought or book? Oh. I feel like you kind of said some of it there. Like a big part of that is community. Hmm, Take recommendations from other people. Ask insight. If you hear of a book, ask somebody you know and trust, hey, have you heard of this author? Or take the time to look up maybe what that author is doing. What, for lack of a better way of saying it, like what credentials do they have? Hmm. You know, are they a pastor? Are they in a specific denomination? Um, Like those kind of things to kind of help you to see maybe where they're coming from. Um, But then ultimately, like, We've already talked about the Bible should be the foundation. If you open that devotional and it does one verse a day or, or does none, maybe it's not the most significant or it's all self-helpy yeah. rather than Bible, Jesus, gospel focused. Yeah. I think people will wrestle with that one verse idea. And I, yeah. I don't necessarily – and I go back it's and forth on It's kind of hit or miss on me. But too. let's talk about it. Like mm-hmm. if, if a devotional has 
one verse every day, like the verse of the day from the Bible app. Like if someone Mm -hmm. just has that notification pop up on their phone, what does that do for our spiritual maturity and helping us to become more like Christ? I still think it matters what that time, how you approach that time. So right, what I was challenged with last year and then continued to challenge with, and I feel like led into this year, was slowing down and, and shrinking the um, my intake, my input of scripture, of, mm-hmm. of reading, specifically just mm-hmm. reading. Because um, I went through a season of just read a lot of scripture, made sure like my goal was to read the Bible in a year, not necessarily how do I grow in intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. And so literally I got challenged through mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, like, okay, you, you need to change your motive here. Like, what are you really doing this mm-hmm. for? So I... Right now, I'm going through just the minor prophets for a year, and however that long it takes, great. Like, I've taken the last two months to go through Hosea, and then either right away in the morning or over my lunch hour, I'll read a Eugene Peterson devotional book, or he's one verse a day. It's mm-hmm. one verse a day. Yeah. Like, it may ask me to read two or three verses, but the main idea is one verse. He gives yeah. a two-sentence thought, an intro-leading prayer, but it still comes out, okay, how do I approach that moment? And it's it's me taking the time to say, okay, God, like I'm here, I'm stopping, I'm slowing, I'm breathing to be able to mm-hmm. really see, okay, God, what do you desire for me in this time yeah. and yeah. in this moment? Um, yeah, if it's, uh, I opened my Bible app right away in the morning because I got the notification and read the one verse and then put it down and I really yeah. wasn't intentional on that, mm-hmm. I think it's a miss. Yeah. Or, it could or, also be, or, sorry, um, like when I think of when I said like one verse a day yeah. in kind of a negative way is, you know, we know Eugene Peterson is a good source. Mm-hmm. So one verse a day is probably really significant with mm-hmm. him. But there are also devotionals where it's, hey, here's one verse yep. and it's a very surface level and it's out of context. And so that can come back to like doing your homework yeah. on what you're getting and what you're reading. That's good. You know? And what I love about the one I'm doing is it's going through Matthew verse by verse. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, you and know? that's so different like, than that, just it like It is way different like, than just, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Picking yeah. a verse out and it reminds, you lose the context. It reminds of it. me of, and I don't remember That's if good. this app, I don't know if this app is still a thing, but it was like that Sprinkle of Jesus app. That sounds great. Do you guys remember that? No. Oh, nobody remembers this? <laughs> Just sprinkle it was a little this Jesus app on my that life. was called Sprinkle of Jesus. And it was people would get notifications every day yeah. that would help sprinkle Jesus throughout <laughs> their days. Love it. Marketing Love top it. notch. Yeah, 100%. Concept one, there. One of the things I saw with an app like that is it was doing that thing. It was yeah. supporting more opinions with mm. scripture yeah. rather than letting scripture inform opinions. Yeah. That's like that's good. the way it needs to orient. We're mm. learning who we are and what we believe from the word of God. We're not having the word of God conform to who we are and what we yeah. believe. And so that mm-hmm. that's the beauty of, I that's think, what you just good. said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, what what could go on top of, so say someone's sitting there and you're like, hey, that my church or my small group, my pastor, someone asked me to pre- prep, prep a devotional thought. Yeah. How would we encourage them to step into that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes when they ask you to do that, there's an intention behind, like they want you to share a specific thing to a specific group, group of people that's yeah. happened before. Otherwise, it's just a random, hey, what's God doing in your soul, mm-hmm. right? And so that's really hard to do if you haven't had the intentionality of some sort of intentional scripture reading like at least in your life at all or even like consistently and consistency for everyone means something different Mm -hmm. i think that's something for me at least that's really important yeah uh but it's just yeah it's taking okay what's a script like sitting down start just with scripture like i don't and this is what's hard if you haven't been reading i think it's tough to pick something Um, but say you have been and it's just or 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 even a theme a a topic of what god's been teaching like i feel like god's been teaching me faithfulness and it seems Mm -hmm. like here's what i know about what the bible says about faithfulness so i'll go and i'll read that and then i'll read a couple like a verse here 
like what God's doing in my soul. What does this verse mean? What is this kind of saying? And I like to use different versions mm-hmm. of the Bible. Yeah. Like I read mainly, mainly the NIV, but I like throwing in the NLT and the ESV. For sure. I just almost started like in the KGV. So it's so different. Good. Yeah. Different translations of scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise yeah. I think you could go above and beyond. Like say you're someone who just really wants to invest a lot of time in this. Make sure you're doing it for the glory of God and not for your own self. Like, look, you're not trying mm-hmm. to be prideful. Like, oh, I'm going to preach the best devotional thought ever. <laughs> but you could get some commentary work involved. You know, you could go see what else is said about a text mm-hmm. like that. Maybe look at some of the context keys. Like what – that's important. Every time we're reading scripture, it's important for us to understand at least to a base level what the context yeah. is. Yeah. Or like the original languages. You could jump on Blue Letter, Blue Letter Bible and see just like, oh, this word really sticks yeah. out to me. What was it in mm-hmm. the original? Like how does that even help open my eyes even greater to what Jesus yeah. is teaching here? Mm-hmm. You could mix in different trends. Translations. Otherwise, one of the things I've always found is really important is those stories that we are storytelling people. And so sometimes when I find that we just open up a passage of scripture, we maybe break it down super exegetically. Like we're taking every single nuance and comma and punctuation and verb (laughs) tense, and we're expanding all that. Someone might walk away like, oh yeah, I got that. But you could tell a personal story connected to the Mm -hmm. text that Jesus has done in your life. And that might jump into someone and really take off what that what the theme of that scripture yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So maybe for you it's okay, this is what God's teaching me and here's what it looks like in my life. Yep. And there's yep. the personal story nature to it or this is what God's te- teaching me and this is where I saw it play out in the marketplace. Yeah. This is where I saw it play out in my job or amongst my friends. Mm-hmm. Those kind of illustrations can really help a devotional thought or a sermon take yeah. take root. And that's I think some of the most fruitful or even like faithful moments I've had in leading a Devo moment like that with people have been from personal ex- just again it's been from just here's what God's been doing in my soul as I've been reading scripture as I've been spending time with him because yeah. it's just mm-hmm. being faithful to okay here's what God's doing and it's easy to share those personal stories when there's consistency and recognizing okay here's what God's been doing in my in my heart yeah mm-hmm. The coolest part, I think, of what could be a devotional talk or thought is you as the people listening, every single one of you, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You could lead a moment like this. That, yeah, Ben has talked that it's best flows out of your own personal devotion with Jesus. If you're spending time in God's word, I am over the top confident that you could lead a moment oh, yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. And so Jane and I are getting to help lead yeah. uh, along with Dylan. Dylan behind the camera. Dylan, Dylan, there it is. There's the shout camera, out. Camera, camera, There you go. <laughs> uh, Dylan and, and the two of us are going to go to Detroit here in a couple weeks. And so, Jaina, tell them a little bit about what we ask of our people there. Yeah, one of the things that we um, ask of those who are on the trip is to share a devotional thought every day. Um, and part of that is that um, – it's a challenge to maybe step out of their comfort zone, but then also to enter in and share with those around them what God is doing in their own heart and their own soul. Um, and even having gone on the trip a couple years ago, those moments were so cool to hear from you know peers, basically, of um, what God is speaking and, and what they're doing. And it was interesting to see how throughout the day, the things that they maybe shared in the morning came back up mm. or the conversations that got to flow out of that after. So they can even be like moments that lead into like deeper oh for sure conversations so that's awesome i love yeah. that and what a cool like testimony that not only does, and i just i just love that each person had different yeah. perspectives and opinions and we got to learn from each mm-hmm. other and that's where so that's something we're doing as a staff now that we have staff chapel once a month and eat 
different staff members come up and present a devotional thought. And yeah. for us, it's a 10-ish minute thing. It, it depends. But for it's just someone who speaks on what God's doing in their life and uses mm-hmm. the, the Bible to help uh, uh, to help uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Say that, you know, help oh, teach yeah. that idea. It's just – it's been so cool. What about yeah. for – maybe someone's a part of a small group or they're a small group leader. What could devotionals – how could they function in that setting? Yeah, I think, well, we, and we've, if you've been a part of Oasis at all in the last couple of years, and, and especially a part of our small groups, you've probably been, most likely been in one where you've recognized like the first couple of weeks of getting to know each other is like, you call these testimony mm-hmm. nights kind of, mm-hmm. it's, hey, let's just share each other's stories, get to know each other. It, it, it's a great foundational for relationship building and just really connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'd be an interesting, and I think some groups maybe have done this or, but I think it'd be a good opportunity, cool opportunity. Instead of just, hey, here's my story background, mm-hmm. there's also a beauty in here's what God's doing now. Yeah. And so almost having a Devo night yeah. or Devo nights, Devo weeks, or you take Hey, we're gonna take this month, or or even your small group is. Hey, for this semester, mm-hmm. and that sounds aggressive. Yeah, but yeah. just mm-hmm. idea of like, hey, what it would look like you to bring just a simple mm-hmm. devo, and let's talk yeah. about it. like preachers or what God's been teaching you. Like, let's talk about. Let's open up the Word. Like, mm-hmm. what's God saying in this? How has God been teaching? Share a story. But just one that does a couple things. Um, I think it helps you remember the reality of God cares about every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. It gives you, it keeps you in tune and recognizing what the spirit's doing and what God's trying to teach you. But also on the other side of it, it helps you remember that you can learn from everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something I've struggled with. Yeah. So even in our staff chapel moments, like to be able to come without an expectation of needing like intellectual stimulation yeah. or needing <laughs> yeah. to like, what's the great, like even, even as a pastor coming to preach and talk to other pastors and staff members and like, Oh, I got to give this great thought. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> Like I don't. And so because I don't have to, I can also receive whatever comes because yeah. that's what God is doing in that person's yeah. soul. That's so and that's yeah. beautiful. So like to be a humble learner, even in those moments, mm-hmm. I think you would see um, a connection that you probably haven't maybe experienced before because you're just recognizing, man, the God that I love and know and who loves me, I put in a box because I didn't think he could work like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm good. hearing stories and ways of how God is yeah. moving in other people's life. It's beautiful. It's community. So, yeah. It's connection. It's I great. also, this makes me think of, there have been so many times where I've been in unintentional devotional moments mm. of you're at coffee with somebody oh, so, and they yes. just start telling you about what God's doing That's in their right. life or you yes. see someone in a random place. And so like, Sometimes I think when we put that label on or I'm sharing a devotional thought, it elevates and can create an anxiety or a nervousness or now I'm preaching or teaching or it's above me. But the reality is it's, you can just simply share what God's doing in your life and it can be as simple as you talking to a friend. So like, let me give you that encouragement if you're freaking out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the the coolest part is dating it back to like where we started is it's for the glory of God to help them and help Mm -hmm. us better love and be loyal and to serve and to, to see him in our daily lives. That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. so as we talk through this, I want to end it with each one of us giving just a little tiny, like you don't, don't, <laughs> don't go crazy with it. I wrote a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give an exegetical breakdown for the next 45 minutes. Uh, no, what is something that you've been learning in your own personal walk with Jesus? What's a devotional thought that you want to leave us with today? Yeah. Who wants to start? You want to go first? Yeah? Not me because I'll I start. accidentally I'll closed I'll down start. my. Uh, I got it. Like I said, I've, I've been going through uh, minor prophets this year. Is there something that I felt the Lord leading me to? I, I try to take December and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And again, this is a slowing down thing for me. So I've just been taking the last few months and not having an expectation of when it's going to end with Hosea. And I'm not going to talk about Hosea and give you the background. If you want to know, you can go look it up. They're smart people. But you get to this this the end of Hosea, it's chapter 11, and there's a turning mo- moment in this story. And it's. Literally, the title of this is God's love for Israel. So chapter 11, 
uh, verses one through four says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the, to the Baals and they burned incest images. And right away, when I first read this, I was like, man, the more they were called, the more they went away from me. Mm-hmm. And I think like I wrestle sometimes and like this is just a challenge for me that when I feel clarity and what God's asked me to do, I run away from that and get fearful in that when I am honestly like in sin. When I am maybe being like disobedient in ways, when I'm struggling with anger with my kids, like when I'm living in sin, I want to back away from the calling of God and from the goodness of God because I'm struggling with my own insecurity on really who God says I am. I'm like how I'm going to think, I think he's going to react in a way because I'm forgetful about what he's done in my life, which that's where it goes right away. Then into verse, um, into verse three, it says, it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, talking, taking them by the arms but they did not realize it was I who healed them. And just reality, like it was God and Ephraim, is this another word for Israel? I, God, taught Israel. I led Israel. I loved Israel. I literally provided for them. And so when we went for, again, challenge for me, when I forget who ultimately was my provider, I get into a space where I'm insecure and not able to really like walk in the reality of what God is calling me to do. Because if, if, if I'm in this state of forgetfulness, then it's I provided everything for myself. It's I've done everything on my own power, on my own will. I can even confront anything that comes. But to be in a posture of like remembrance of no, like, hey, God is the one who has led. God is the one who's transformed. God is like, it just gives us beautiful hope for me and reminds me and challenges me to remember, okay, there's going to be continual clarity in what God's calling you to do, whether it's huge or small, don't run away from it. And when I run away from it, why? Okay, I'm not remembering who God is and what he's done. Yeah. Okay, I'm walking in a way and, and, and maybe in a sin, like, I have this uh, expectation that God's going to react a certain way, which he tells us in verse four. And again, this was so wrong. I've I've wrestled this for days. And then in verse four, literally too, I led them with cords of human kindness and with ties of love. Mm. Um, And then to them, I was like the one who lifts a little child to the cheek. And I think of Otis, like my 18 month old. And it's just like, even when, if Otis was able to comprehend more than just what an 18 month could, it's, in, in Israel's rebellion, in my own sin and rebellion, God literally picks me up and holds me to his cheek because that's his love for me. That's how he wants mm-hmm. to guide me and will continue to guide me. So I don't have to run away when he calls me. I don't have to be fearful. I got to remember that he is the one who provides. Yeah. And it is, I rested in these four verses for a week because yeah. it was just, it was encouraging to my soul. That's it just good. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's awesome. I love that's that. That's super good. You want to go? You want me to yeah, go? Yeah, I can go. Um, so I felt challenged early at the beginning of this year um, by God, just the fact. So I kind of started the year of 2022, jumping back into the semester, back into, I mean, starting a new position, kind of feeling completely unrested and unprepared. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of had this expectation of like, oh, Christmas break, like we get some time off and like I should be able to rest (laughs) and whatnot. And it was not restful. Um, And, and so I felt this challenge from God of, of, um, that I don't really know how to rest Mm. and I've never really um, done it well. And so I've been kind of thinking about that for a while. And then just last week I did like a short five day Bible study on rest um, just from the YouVersion app. It was just a short topical one. I like doing those every once in a while. Um, And one day I was reading in Mark six. And so kind of jumps around in this chapter, but 
initially Jesus sends out the 12 disciples to go to all these villages to teach, um, to preach, to drive out demons, to anoint the sick, to do all these healings. Um, And then later on in the chapter, they come back together. It says the apostles gathered together around Jesus and reported to him all the things they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Um, And it was just kind of this moment for me to realize, and it's something I knew, but to just, it just hit me a little bit harder of like, Jesus had sent them out to do crazy amounts of ministry. And they had been in hard situations. They had done a lot. They'd come back together. They'd celebrated. And then they took the time to get away together and rest. And I just felt God reminding me that I needed to find that rhythm of returning to him and returning um, to Jesus to rest, to rejuvenate. Because if you continue reading, they go on um, and continue doing crazy ministry and feed the 5,000, you know, right after that. And so that moment of rest was a rejuvenation that that launched them into the ministry that Jesus still had for them. Um, and I just felt convicted of like, I don't do that very well yeah. in, in good rhythms. So Whew, that's so good. Yeah. That's still figuring awesome, that out. Man. I don't that's have a so concluded <laughs> and that, what this looks you, like. You yet, go and, share and then can we share some thoughts? Sure. <laughs> or just share some thoughts. No, I don't care. But. Sure. No, mine's from uh, second Kings. <laughs> <laughs> That no, was good. no, no, no. I have not read Second Kings recently, but I should. Sounds like a great book. Uh, no, mine is from Luke 18. And I, my mind sometimes thinks in titles. The leadership team mm-hmm. knows this. I, yeah. I, I make really... The teacher in you. Yeah. I make really bad titles. So this one is Faker Faith. Yeah, I Faker know. Faith. I know. It's bad. Just or like... Brennan kidding. in his journal writing titles to all these yeah. I leaned over to Allie as I was reading this one day and I was like, I could... I could say it. Fake faith, faker faith. faith. Anyways, so it's Luke 18, and it starts in verse 9. It says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So he's beginning to tell this story. He says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed, God, I look to you. I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus now says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other one, the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I was just reading this at a place where... I mean, just like all of us, we're all kind of in these new roles trying to figure out what God's calling us to and how, how to equip us for these things. And I can see pharisaical nature in myself sometimes where it's like I lean into religious acts. I put on this facade so that people see me and, 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 and it can lean too quickly. It happens in an instant in your mind where you go to comparison, mm-hmm. where you look at other pastors or other shepherds, other people, other, other Christians, other ones who are, are doing other things. And you say, well, at least I'm not doing that or at least I'm better than them or at least I'm and then it you feed that ego with well I read my Bible every day this week or I fasted that morning or I skipped that meal or I invested in that person I had this conversation that person walked away feeling really good about that thing I said and it's all of this accolades and stuff that can so quickly puff us up and Jesus calls us to be this tax collector who was a sinner in that day who was the enemy of the Jewish people who sits in the corner who is humbled himself enough that he knows he doesn't even deserve to be in the presence of God. He beats his chest in this act of just like repentance and remorse. And he just asks for mercy. 
He just asks for God to pour mercy on him so that he can continue to just be in relationship, that he feels a privilege even to stand in God's presence. And I walk away from that moment thinking, how often do I take that posture? Mm. How often do I come to God just thankful that I get to be with him, recognizing that, yeah, I've got sin and I've got stuff and, and being humbled in that by him or by others to just sit and say, hey, will you have mercy on me today? Will you help me to just be faithful today? I just thank you for being here. And that I walked away with like, that's faith. Yeah. Like the first stuff is all fake. Like the showy, mm-hmm. the exaggeration, the comparison, that's all fake. None of that leads to life. Faith, that yeah. leads to life. Yeah, That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and here's what's beautiful yeah. about moments like this is I think, one, it helps that we all three just are four and love each other. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. to hear like either – a reminding of because I mean scripture that we know and like mm-hmm. we, we, even where multi is like one it's a voice that's coming at it from a different perspective mm-hmm. so when Jana shares is like I'm reminded of how the importance of rhythms in my life and then to be able to hear and see the reality of like oh I connect with that mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. thing here like yeah. I just see Brennan beating his chest every morning <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm like, expecting that, a video that, every that's, day. That's <laughs> what I'm going to start doing. Only instead of the Matthew McConaughey, like the, yeah, it's actually yeah, a good yeah. motive behind yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like the beauty, the beauty of different voices sharing. Here's what God's doing in my soul. That's the whole point. Oh, it's super yeah. encouraging. All for the glory of God, right. for us to learn to love Him Keep more. Going. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a book, whether it's you leading a devotional thought, just know that you can do it. Can it continue to connect with God's Word? Otherwise, we love you and peace out. Camp, camp. Bye. Yeah.